Welcome to Corazon Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive Podcast. Today's guest is Angela Murphy. Angela believes that strategy and insight are the keys to driving innovation. After earning her PhD, Angela built a partner program at a Fortune 500 company from the ground up, leveraging her global experience and relationships across the fintech sector. She knows that the best transformations are not based in numbers, but on the people. And she knows that sometimes the best talent for your team are people you might have never imagined. Angela gives talks to universities and corporate organizations looking to change the relationship between the private sector and academics. Recently, her work has been featured on Versatile PhD. She is also in the Centurion's Leadership Program and working on her first academic publication. Angela holds a PhD in rhetoric from the University of Kansas, a master's in English from Northwest Missouri State University, and a Bachelor of Creative Writing from the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Good afternoon, Angela. Glad to have you on the show. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. I love having guests, and this is exciting for me, meeting uh, new faces, uh, or new voices, rather, on, on these podcasts. But So so our audience uh, really like to know more about you. You've got your profile out there. You're also a founding fe- uh, fellow for Corazon Technologies, so thank you. You've done a lot of amazing things in your career. What would you say is one of your highlights? I'd have to say a few years ago when I had the opportunity to travel to Malawi in uh, in Africa with the Hamels Foundation. I was doing some grant writing work for them and I, I got to take about a week or so to go to visit one of the schools that they had built. So the Hamels Foundation believes that education is the answer. And it's um, Heidi Hamels, who is from where I'm from in Southwest Missouri. And she created the foundation to provide children in the United States, but also um, children in Malawi access to education. And so I was able to go and take photos and interview some of the staff and see the, uh, the facilities and see the impact that it was making on the community because Malawi tends to be kind of forgotten in a lot of ways because it's landlocked. And so uh, that was definitely one of the highlights was that experience. And I'm sure you used, used that experience, uh, that transitioned over, obviously over into your career with, with relationships. So um, one area I'd like to highlight is the time you spent in academia. What's the major difference between that and the private sector and really, how would you like to see this change or improve? Because I know you're in the private sector being in fintech, but what's the major difference and how'd you like to see that improved? So I think that the major difference between academia and the private sector actually hinges on a similarity and it's the concept of deliverables. So in academia, you have to meet certain thresholds in order to complete your degree, particularly in a PhD program, you have to complete your papers on time by the end of the semester you have to take your comprehensive examinations or do your quals in a certain amount of time. You have to meet certain benchmarks for your dissertation. And the private sector is much the same way. You have to execute on your projects in order to satisfy the client, to grow your company, um, and to take steps forward in your career. But the difference between academia and the private sector is how you get it done. So in academia, you hit all those benchmarks in whatever way you need to. If you work better in a coffee shop, you can go work in a coffee shop. If you'd rather sit at your desk in your home quietly and work, that's also available to you. If you want to be in a library, you can work in a library. 
in the, or, you know, even in a study group. But in the private sector, a lot of what I see now, and it is changing, but it's this concept of the eight to five, and you have to be at your desk in order to look productive, even if um, you've already completed your task for that day, or you are, you know, waiting on something from somebody else. And so I'm looking forward to the private sector kind of making a shift with work from home models and more flexible working hours, particularly with for people with families, but also people like me who just have outside interests. And in Korea, we used to call it desk warming, but you know, there's this concept that you need to sit there for eight hours a day to be seen as productive. And I just think that we need to kind of transition away from that and be a little bit more flexible in allowing people to have a better work-life balance. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. And I would say uh, I've written some articles on that around telecommuting. And I think that is really one way that employers are going to have to compete to hire the best talent and keep the best talent. And I've, I've actually implemented various programs, uh, you know, the, the 980 work schedule, for example, and, and work from home, and I've written policies around it. So I'm very supportive, and I'm glad that you're another colleague that uh, would like to push forward in that initiative. So Angela, congrats on being part of the uh, prestigious Kansas City Centurions Leadership Program. You know, the emerging leaders here in our community in Kansas City. What are you and your class, your cohort, working on uh, thus far in your program? So, I am in the spring class of 2021, and we are the, we just finished the inaugural spring cohort. So, I'm the second spring class, but a part of the inaugural spring cohort for the Centurions. And we have coined ourselves as the Trailblazers. And so some of the things that we have done recently, uh, we broke two Guinness World Records back in January with the help of Kellogg's and Hallmark and for the benefit of harvesters. We ended up donating about 4,000 boxes of cereal while breaking those world records, which was absolutely amazing. Um, Our legacy project last year was to refurbish the garden at the Nile Center, which is a mental health facility for children who are coping with different um, mental illnesses. And then this year, our legacy project is going to be for Synergy Services. So if um, anybody's familiar with the Quick Trips that have the safe place spaces around Mm -hmm. the metro area, um, if a runaway or child calls that number, Synergy is the organization that goes and gets them. And they have a house that uh, youth that are runaway youth or homeless youth can use to transition to, you know, a different place or to uh, be reunited with more stable family members, things like that. And so we're going to be renovating that entire house. And we have also raised almost $5,500 to redo their kitchen as well. That's awesome. I know some other professionals and colleagues, ours were probably mutual colleagues, have been in this program or are, are supportive of this program. So that's exciting. Angela, you have some international experience. I want to talk about that real quick. Is there anything you can share about that experience that maybe has shaped or strengthened your career? I think that my international travel has just given me a new level of empathy for people. So I speak other languages and in my research, uh, it was necessary for me to communicate in those languages and having to speak in a language that's not your immediate or your first language really teaches you the value of communication and being empathetic 
to people that you're in dialogue with. So even when I'm communicating in English, it taught me to be a much better listener and to really wait and unpack what people are saying to me before responding. That's an interesting perspective. I've not heard that before. And if I could ask, what what language was that? So our audience, I obviously know which one that is, but you're our audience. It's because it's not a common language. Uh, no. So I am conversant in German, and then my third language is Wolof, which is an indigenous language spoken in Western Africa. So I did some research and some language study in Senegal a couple of years ago. That's amazing. Thanks for uh, expanding your horizons, helping us all be more. I guess, culturally sound. So thank you. Last thing, really, this is the big burning question. We've got a lot of uh, millennials and Gen Z that would like to learn to be, you know, they're the next generation that are going to lead our businesses and our communities. Um, So what advice would you give these emerging young leaders in your space, fintech? Oh, man, I've been thinking about this question so much lately as I've been doing webinars and podcasts and my writing. And I think the most important thing for me is to always be curious and to continue asking questions. That's how you learn. And it enables you to see kind of where the limitations and boundaries are and to push out against those. And I think that can be really meaningful. If we're asking questions and asking why, or can you tell me more about that, then not only does it connect you with your team, but it allows you to see additional ways to do things. And quite frankly, in fintech, you're not going to break anything. I mean, it's such a a diverse and interesting and dynamic space. You're probably not going to break it, even if you are, you know, the one doing the coding. And I also think it's really important to make investments in yourself and in your team. So doing things that are not work is super important to me. I have several outside interests that are not related to fintech. And I also have made a concerted effort to check in with my coworkers, you know, it, you don't have to say hi every single day, but you know, check in with them, see what's going on in their life. Uh, offer to buy them a coffee if you're going to go get yourself one. Little things like that can really strengthen bonds within your team, and it opens lines of communication for if at some point you know you have to work on a tough task together, then you already have that trust built in. That's actually some great advice, and uh, I certainly would embrace that. I definitely would agree with that, being the fact that relationships are key. Angela, I want to just take the time. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, As you know, this podcast is called the Digital Executives or DigiExec, and it's really uh, catered to execs on the go, so they're real short. But I wanted to thank you for being on the uh, podcast today. It was a pleasure having you, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you so much, Brian, and thank you to all the listeners. You can find me on LinkedIn if you want to see some of my other materials and suggestions. Awesome. And you'll see Angela online as well at Corazant.com. Thanks again. Thank you.